With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Third down is the most game plan down. So it's the most variable down in football. It's the one that changes the most. That's why once you can get the defense into static looks, looks you know are going to exist, you have the advantage. On today's episode of Accelerate Everything, we have Dante Barti, who is now an analyst at Oregon, and he's been somebody who's fun to follow. Dub, tell us a little bit about Dante and the relationship you have that prompted you to bring him on the show. Yeah, I just met him through the interwebs of, of the coaching tree, and you know he's kind of a legend in the internet world and made himself famous just for the amount of knowledge he's gained over the years. He's a film rat and he understands the game on a level that I've never come across anybody else understand. So he's a really good guy to pick his brain on trends and and cutting edge techniques and just has a unique way of just teaching the game through a different lens. I think that's the biggest thing that shined through when I first met him and saw this, this young kid teaching coverage on the internet and then, you know, been able to develop a relationship with him and talk to him. Super smart guy. I think, you know, he's still very young and I really think the sky's the limit for him. Absolutely. God's going to go somewhere big. <laughs> so here's our Accelerate Everything episode with Dante Barti. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 812- 814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. 
Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Our guest today is Dante Barti. Dante is currently a defensive analyst for Dan Lanning at the University of Oregon. He previously was the defensive coordinator at Ottawa University. Prior to that, he was the lead defensive analyst at Southern Miss University. Dante is a legend in the inner elite circles of defensive football. He is a rising star in the game and a name that you will hear of frequently very soon. Dante, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Dante, we have followed each other for a few years. You are the goodwill hunting of defensive football. I don't even know if you've seen that movie, but you have a gift. We finally got to meet this year and had an eight-hour marathon clinic, and I'm still trying to organize all the notes I took. One of the things that I really enjoyed during our clinic was how you explained about the integrity of the B-gap. Can you talk about why the B-gap is so important in defensive football and how it is the fulcrum to the run box? Yeah, so, you know, when you think about the bubbles in the defense, right, what are, um, you know, you described it and I said as a fulcrum, like the hinge portion of defenses. Where does, where are the opportunities for the offense to split the defense in half, right? Seal part of the box and either circle the defense or run the ball on like the next level defenders. The B gap for us on defense is important because it, it determines whether you have width to the defense. What do I mean by that? If you have a B gap bubble, an open B gap, and you, let's say you're getting inside zone and the tackle climbs to the backer, you automatically have this ledge, right? Some people call it a porch where the ball can run in the C gap where everything inside of the B gap is going to be walled off. It's going to be split, right? And so now you've really cut off a large portion of the defense, right, by capturing the inside backer to that side, and now they're running the ball in the C gap. Same thing you could say would happen for, let's say, a power play, right? The power play, they're going to capture the inside backer to the side of the B gap bubble, and they're going to run the ball vertical in the B gap, and they've split the defense. So for me, defensively, the B gap becomes important because it creates with having somebody in the B gap where you think the ball is going to go makes the ball have to either do one of two things. Bubble, so it's going to have to work horizontally in some way, or it's going to stay at what some people call stay in the shoot of the defense where people can come from outside in to tackle the football, which would be in the A-gap area. But one of your coaches said it probably the best. It's like the apex between the center line and the offensive tackle. It's that type of position. And so it's an ability for the offense to split the defense in half. And for the defense, it's how to create enough width up front in the run game to prevent that from occurring. Dante, another thing that you helped me understand was that there's a difference between defensive linemen that are squeezing the B-gap 
versus widening the B gap. Can you elaborate on that concept and explain why is it important for offensive coaches to know the difference? Yes. Um, so when we talk about playing gap integrity in general, and we'll talk about the B gap in particular, there's a difference between somebody who's playing a three technique on the guard. And when the guard moves away from him, he's getting hands on the guard and he's squeezing that block. So he's protecting the backer from the guard climbing, which squeezes the A gap as he plays the B gap versus playing a four eye, which is inside shade of the tackle. And now when the tackle blocks down, the guard's already climbing. I'm striking and I'm knocking him back and widening that tackle, widening as I'm pushing him away from the line of scrimmage versus put, like away from the ball versus the three technique is pushing him towards the ball, the guard. The reason that's important is to understand the angles that are being used defensively so that you as an offensive coach, for example, can take advantage of them. If I am playing a three technique, I'm going to have, as an offensive coach, a much better job on, for example, a base bump combination, trying to put the three technique into the A-gap. And I can do that based on things like running duo. Things like instead of running like true mid zone, running more vertical combinations, get the three technique on the wrong foot on a base bump combination, which is what duo does. You make it look like inside zone first step. They go to squeeze the guard, you bang back on them, and then the tackle hits them in the hip to bump them. That's what rolls them over into the A gap, which is what you want to do. Versus a guy who's playing a four eye. Where the issue is for the defense, the guard's going to climb, so he's going to get up to the backer. And we're saying that this defensive tackle is going to take the A and B gap space with his body, right? He's going to cut him off with the inside technique. Now the issue is, from an offensive perspective, of the C gap is getting smaller, but the A, B gap is getting larger. So this then plays into the second level of the defense, where if you are widening blocks, and the same can be said if you're just getting vertical up the field, you're probably going to have to fill the space in the A gap because the space gets so large. You can fill that space in even space with like fill and fold techniques with backers. In odd space, that's usually filled by a nose guard who's playing lag, whereas in when you play with a three technique who's squeezing the blocks, you don't want to duplicate gaps. So now the backer is going to stack and fall back most of the time because the three technique is going to end up taking over the A gap when the guard does come off. And we get that to happen by moving horizontally at the second level to get you to chase us and then stacking out and falling out of that gap to create overlap. And so understanding that, I think, becomes really important because you get to see what the mic IDs and where the spots change. Like, you really get to be able to understand what's the spot going to look like. And I know there's a three technique right here. Where's the backer really going to go at the end of the down? So I'm not chasing him all the time. Dante, let's talk third down. One of the statements you made was that third down is when defensive coordinators think 
And in order to understand their intent, you have to have ways to undress the defense. Can you pull back the curtain a bit and give us some examples of how good defensive coordinators think and how to address them on third down? Yeah. So, you know, third down, the, the first thing we're, we're going to look at is like, what's the break? And what do we mean by the break? When is it a down whereby it's actually third down? And so in layman's terms, when do we know when they're not going to go for it on fourth down? And so, you know, one of the things that I think is a real challenge from a defensive coordinator perspective is if an offense is going to like a big fourth and go offense, a big team where they're going to sequence their offense that way, we can't get into the exotic looks on third and seven or third and nine that we normally would be able to do. You know, one of the best things you can do as an offensive coordinator, in my opinion, is early in the game going for it behind the 50 before the logo on fourth and three and running the ball on third and seven or third and nine or throwing something that normally you wouldn't do simply so the coordinator gets out of those packages. So once you prevent them from getting in then their exotic looks, you know you can go back to your basic third down menu, whatever your normal third down menu was, because of the threat of them going for it on fourth and the threat of you running the football. So, for example, you might get a team that has a bunch of loaded fronts. So they got five-man lines, six-man lines. They're lined up all over the place. Well, an easy answer is every time they get in bear, check it to speed option. You only got to do it once or twice. Every time they get in a six-man line, you might run a perfect example. I was at Perry High School, and there was a team, Hamilton High School, who get in these six-man fronts and bring zero pressure. So we got an empty, and we ran quarterback trap on third and eight. We hit him for like 65 yards. They didn't run it again the rest of the game. You get those teams that run like the loaded sets, meaning you got multiple big defensive linemen on one side of the ball. You run inside zone the other way. You might only gain five yards, but you might scare them out of doing it ever again. The second thing that you think about as a defensive coordinator is personnel on the grass on third down. Now, in high school, you kind of have two different methodologies of, in terms of personnel. You have teams that don't need to personnel because they're the best team, so like the kids do everything. Or you have teams that can't personnel because those are the best 11, so they have to do everything. Same thing happens with offenses. But for us in college and certainly in the pros, the personnel-oriented defenses are so important that if you as an offense on third down from second down go tempo, it becomes a real challenge to get those guys on the field. So we got to figure out how fast are you going from second down to third down so that we know can we get those guys on the grass? Because one of the easiest things you can do is you can get up to the line of scrimmage, turbo up to the line of scrimmage fastball without a play. Get in a formation, set go, look to the sideline with a freeze, get the call. You've just kept us in a personnel grouping that we didn't want to be in. We wanted to be in our third down grouping. Now we aren't. The same thing holds true. If it's third down and you gain a first down, that's a little bit more traditional. You go tempo to keep the third down grouping on the field, to keep the whatever crazy 
Raptors package personnel they got on the grass. And now you run something offensively that you know that you can like that you can block. You run, let's say, inside zones to play, you know you can block. So you go hyper speed and you know it's gonna be two by two inside zone, regardless. Again, make it four yards, but you may prevent them from running that team on the field on the next time it's third and seven which is strategically so much more important in the long run as an offensive coordinator. Those are ways philosophically to undress a defense on third down before we even get to the motions and shifts and anything else. From a tactical perspective and not a strategic perspective of what are you doing to undress a defense, find formations that you see that they have common checks to. And when I mean that, I mean common conceptual checks to. If you know every time you get in a three-receiver set, they're going to play either cover one or they're going to play stubby. Well, get in that three-receiver set on that third down because you've undressed the defense. The easiest one we talk all about is change of strength motion. Motioning from a pro-style set, like a two-by-two one the course set, to a slot set. Why? Because I know if the corner travels, it's usually man. And for me, that would mean I would probably know I need in my package some type of man alignment, zone execution defense. Or if the corner doesn't travel, it's probably some form of zone or non-man-to-man principle. Easy ID. Another easy ID. Start the back out of the backfield. Look at what the defense is doing. Are they matching a backer on the back? If yes, probably man-to-man. If no with some form of zone you double call the formation so you say look if it's man-to-man let's say we know they're a big man-to-man pressure team on third down you don't have to keep the back out there that's not the point you reload the back and now you have the protection that you want to run whatever concept you're looking to do but you know it's man you've id'd it as some form of man-to-man on the contrary you know it's zone now because they kept him out there. Well, you've just had them waste the personnel on your running back. So now you may stay in empty because you know that, look, when they're in zone on third down, it's all Tampa two and cover three. They're not bringing pressures. So now we can run one of our empty beaters because we know it's a zone ID. So double calling it based on both the formation and the defensive look. Another one that I think is a real challenge, especially in the sim pressure world, the sim pressure creeper world on third down, is free releasing the back of the backfield, scatting the back out of the backfield on option routes, angle routes, etc. Not just running him to the flat, that's easy, but running him on the angle route, making him the third part in the stick concept, and keeping a wide the quarter block. Very challenging because that's not the person that we're IDing to trace, to track, to double dog, to spear. So conceptually, we're not looking to do that off the Y. We're looking to do that off the back. So in the back three releases, two things happen. Like, for example, let's say they run a double A-gap pressure, some people call it belly, right? A double A-gap gut path. Let's say the defensive end of the side of the back has the back. The defensive end away from the back is the rat. It's been ran for the last 10,000 years right now, the last decade. Well, if you just have the Y run a route and the back block, they're going to double dog the back. They're going to trace the back's path with that defensive end. They're going to get 
double a gap inserts and they're going to attempt to double dog the back and now have a, a rat in the hole slash qb spy get immediate pressure in your face and be able to flush the pocket if i free release the back and keep the y on the core i still keep the same six-man protection i would have had if i kept the back in but now the defensive end's taking the back so now i don't get the double dog on the back which is the in, that's the integral problem in the protection that's how we're beating the protection and you have the mismatch of a scat back on a defensive end. So don't just run them to the flat. Run them on an angle route. Run them on a wheel, a rail route. Those type of concepts whereby that defensive end is actually having to cover him from a disadvantaged position. So you've added guys in your protection and you've eliminated a rusher from the defense. It's pretty good. That's pretty much what you want conceptually so that's a real challenge on third down from a, a tactical perspective is free releasing the back keeping the y in the core we're going to take a quick time out of this episode to make sure that we share some great resources that coach dub maddox has put together i know my bookshelf is just full of your books i've always followed all the things that you do and you do a tremendous job of just putting together detailed resources that can help coaches accelerate everything within what they do. So tell us a little bit about some of the things you've put together. Yeah, R4Keith is an operating system that accelerates coach and player decision-making under pressure. So we built frameworks that other experts and other domains have used and put them in a football process that allows you and your staff to get on the same page and accelerate your ability to learn how to watch film, learn how to game plan faster, learn how to play call faster. And with the common language and the non-negotiables that we identify, it really unifies everyone on your staff and your team to see the game through the same lens. And that's really the hardest thing that we have to do as coaches and coordinators is to unite everybody to see that game through that expert lens. R4 is your answer. You can check it out at r4footballsystem.com. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Dante, in our last podcast, I was fortunate enough to interview John Wofford, who spent four seasons with Sean McVay for the Los Angeles Rams. And he talked extensively with me on how they package plays. Can you talk to me about from a defensive perspective on what you would do as an offensive guy when it comes to packaging your plays for a third down game plan? The way in which you package your calls on third down is really going to mirror the philosophy of the defensive coordinator. And what do I mean by that? The more you like run screens and draws on third down, the less pressure you're going to get. So if you know that, if you know that I'm normally running screens and draws on third down, so I'm getting less pressure, what do I like versus 
non-pressure components only because I'm a step ahead of the coordinator knowing that he knows I usually run screens and draws from a self-scout perspective. If I know I'm a big vertical pass concept guy. I'm a deep choice guy. I'm a, a four verticals guy. So I know I'm getting a bunch of bracket coverage. Well, what am I doing to either hide that we're going to get in four verticals? Like, for example, doing that a bunch, running the back out of the backfield, running mesh, ra- like running a rail route, keeping the line on the core, running a rail route, and running switch verticals that way. What are the ways in which I'm doing to hide what I want to accomplish on third down that I know is a challenge for the coordinator because I know strategically he's going to mirror his calls based on what I like to do philosophically. And it's kind of like we say third down's the only down. Third down's the most game plan down. So it's the most variable down in football. It's the one that changes the most. That's why once you can get the defense into static looks, looks you know are going to exist, you have the advantage. Dante, you're a defensive mastermind, but let's say you were offered a job at becoming a Power 5 offensive coordinator. What are some formation or scheme packages that you would use that give you nightmares as a defensive guy? First thing I'm going to say is any slot formation. So what do I mean by any slot formation? I mean, whether it's two back slots, like eye slot, gun split slot. Slot is defined, make sure I define slot. Speed, all the speed on one side, and then a, a core player tied in on the other. Slot trips, meaning three receivers and, and a Y in the core week. Wing twins, like slot twins, which is a YY wing and 12 personnel and two receivers week. Slot formations are a real challenge, in my opinion, simply because, one, they're what some people call bastard formations. Normally, the split ends are on opposite sides of each other. Now they're on the same side. Two, they create the easiest form of IDs for the offense. Is the corner traveling? Yes, it's probably some form of man. Is the corner not traveling? Yes, he's not traveling. It's probably not man. And then you force... If the corner doesn't travel, you force the corner to tackle, box tackle, not just tackle in space, but tackle a running back running downhill on duo. And then probably the hardest thing is, in my opinion, same side RPO game out of the slot formation set with gap scheme coming from the closed side to the open side because you have to cross the center line of formation with a third-level defender, a corner of safety, who also has to be threatened by getting ran on the edge of the defense to the close side. Immediate threat to get ran onto the close side by the, on the edge of the defense, but then also has to be able to fall back and cross the center line on runs away. And so when you do that, that's a real challenge from an integrity perspective on how we handle defensive football. So that would be the number one formation I would bring in all its forms. Dante, I want to talk bracket coverage. Watching college football, you'll see a lot of teams utilize bracket coverages. But I feel like when I look at the NFL game, I don't see it as much. Uh, it is becoming more popular. But you just spent an internship with the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you go into detail on why? you don't see bracket coverage show up as much in the league, at least right now. Number one reason for not running bracket defenses in the league, and it took me like a minute to really understand this. One, 
if you're going to double the best players down the field, the mismatches are predominantly on your backers on normal down distance against tight ends or running backs. It's cover zero. It's blitz coverage on those guys. So unlike cover one, where you can play like proper position maintenance because you have help in the middle of the field, whether with a high hole player as a post player and a low hole player as a rat, like you are cover zero on backs and tight ends. In the NFL, that is a loss on defense. You lose when you're playing Alvin Kamara and he runs the T option route on you and then he runs the angle route for a touchdown because everybody's back is turned. He runs the angle, the backer gets beat, and they throw the ball. When Tony Gonzalez is an example, right, Rob Gronkowski, whoever, is up against the backer, that's a loss for you. So bracket is good in specific terms in the league. But because the mismatches are so high, like personnel-wise, at the tight end or running back position versus LBs, you don't want to give them that advantage. The second reason is because when you're in the league, the quarterbacks are so good and there's so many option route-oriented attacks that like, when you play cover zero or a straight man-to-man, if you're not rushing the passer – or playing with some form of position maintenance, every route is an option route. So, like, they're going to just throw the ball away from his leverage and it's going to be a completion. If the quarterback has time, he's going to complete the ball. Period. Brackets are really good for handling specific people, personnel, and red area. The reason for the red area is because there's less vertical space so I can bracket people horizontally. Because, like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you know, Tyreek Hill quite literally run straight through a bracket like just run by both of them so it's a lot more specific in its usage in the league not nearly as much as an every down defense now you got some guys who transitioned to the league the last few years that have used it more but overall in the nfl you get a ton of cover one ton of cover one and you get a bunch of spot drop, Tampa 2, spot drop 3, and then zone match, what they like to call big vision quarters. So, like, lots and lots of depth to handle the cross-country race, spear, wave style of concepts. The reason being is that they want to pack the middle of the field in eight-man spacing. Most of the time, they're going to play one high because most of the teams they play still aren't triple option-oriented run teams. It's not zone read bubble, right? You're going to see that with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and, you know, a few other guys on a consistent basis. Everybody else in the league isn't oriented that way. And so if you can play eight-man run fit spacing, single high defense, you have the proper math. Like I've said all the time, the like eight-man spacing, you're gapped out, but you're not really gapped out because of the quarterback. Well, in the NFL, you are gapped out. When Aaron Rodgers is under center, or Aaron Rodgers in the gun, you're gapped out if you run a single high defense. They hand the ball off you enough people, you tackle the ball. And so eight-man spacing is kind of where they start. The other reason is because they can play the proper position maintenance on those receivers. You know, we've talked about, like, divider leverage and things like that before. They know where their help is, so they know where the ball is going to get thrown as long as they play the proper leverage. Like, I know where the option route's going to go if I know I'm outside and low. Like, I know I'm going to get the dig. They're going to snap it off and play the dig or run the dig. They're not going to run the dig or the curl or the whip back to the bench, on, you know, 
they're not going to run the pin post series. They're going to run the freaking curl route or the dig route. They're not going to run the post as middle field safety. They can anticipate those routes a lot better in post safety defense than they can in man match brackets with safety when, like, I'm the guy on the tight end and I'm what I want, period, with no pass rush. Dante, you have quite a bit of free content on YouTube, circling the web. You also have some courses on CoachTube. I highly recommend coaches consuming this, but a warning, you're going to have to listen to this on 0.5 playback speed because learning from Dante is like drinking through a fire hose. But Dante, is there anywhere we can follow you so we can stay on top of our game as coaches? At Barty Dante, is, um, it's Coach Barty on Twitter. That's probably the best place to follow me. That's where I'm most active. And then, like you said, you, you can literally look me up on YouTube or look me up on Google, and you're going to find a multitude of clinics both on CoachTube and on YouTube and other platforms where you can follow along and learn a little bit about how I conceptualize the game. Dante, keep killing it, brother. Look forward to talking to you soon. Of course. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here are Winning Edge takeaways from this episode with Dante Barti. So, Dub, a lot to break down here, but what did you focus on? Yeah, I was really focusing on the offensive perspective through a defensive lens. And the first thing, my big takeaway was, as an offensive coach, you must assess how the defense is defending the B-gap and and use their post-snap techniques against them. And you must have a process to quickly diagnose opportunities to split, seal, or circle segments of the run box to get to second-level defenders. The second takeaway, I just can't do this one justice. Coaches are going to have to go back and listen to the 12-minute answer Dante gave on third-down strategies. It's probably the best and most concise summary I've ever heard in my career. And the third takeaway for me was I really enjoyed the offensive strategies Dante gave. He talked about you know what he would do from an offensive perspective if he was on the offensive side one being use slot formations, same side RPOs with gap schemes coming to the open side from the close side. And if you're getting bracket coverage, you need to try to attack inside linebackers with running back and tight end matchups. Yeah, that's some great intel there. And as you said, that 12-minute segment, really good. Everything with Dante is good. Such a good teacher of the game. I love his football mind and appreciate that you had him on here. So thanks again for all the work you're doing on this, Dub. It's been a great series so far. And I'm excited for our one with Coach Riggs Jones as well. Thanks, Keith. We do have a lot of resources to link with this one from Coach Barty on CoachTube, so please check the description and show notes for those. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for additional resources, blogs, and sign up for our weekly newsletter, which gives the best tips from the previous week. Follow us on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.